want to improve your business acumen, want to have your goals clearly defined, then you should know about Jim Rohn. Subscribe to his podcast at Jim Rohn Archive as it's time to get serious with your business. Supposing you take a piece of embroidery and here it is, obviously in front of you, an ordered and beautiful object. And then you take out a microscope and you look at the individual threads. At a certain point as you turn up the microscope, you'll get a hopeless tangle, which doesn't make any sense at all. The wrapped fiber that constitutes the thread is a mess hasn't been organized, nobody did anything about it. But at the level of magnification at which you actually see it with the naked eye, it's all been organized. All right, now keep turning up that microscope. Take one of those individual threads in the fiber that seems to be so chaotic and go into the constitution of that. And again, you'll find fantastic order. You'll find the most gorgeous designs of uh, molecules then to keep turning it up. And again, at a certain level, you'll find chaos again. All right, keep going. And at another level, you'll find this marvelous order. Now you see, order and randomness constitute, in other words, the warp and the woof. Where everything is in order, everything's under control, and randomness, it's all, all it's a mess. But we wouldn't know what order was unless we had messes. It's the contrast of order and messes that order itself depends upon. And so in this exactly the same way, it is the contrast of on and off, there and not there. In other words, life and death, being and non-being, that constitutes existence. Only we pretend that the random side of things, the disorderly side of things, could possibly win in the game of competition or I would rather call it collaboration between the two. When you lose sight of the fact that the order principle and the random principle go together that's exactly the same predicament as losing sight of the fact that all individually delineated things and beings are connected underneath. You know, just like mountains stick out of the earth and there's a fundamental earth underneath them. So all of us as different things, we stick out of reality and there's a continuity underneath, but you ignore that, you see, that's the thing that's left out. See, I'm just giving you many examples of the same principle. But really, deep down, we are, each one of us, everything that there is. Doing it this way, and then again that way, and then again another way, and that's what it keeps up doing forever and ever. Only, it has holidays, which are called deaths. You know in the story of the creation of the world in the Bible, God works for seven days and rests the seventh. It's necessary to have a holiday. 
but the point is that a holiday, this pause between something going on, is of the essence of the idea of a web. For example, there's an Irish, famous Irishman who's supposed to have described a net as a lot of holes tied together with string. <laughs> so the holes are very, very important. This all goes together. <laughs> so there must be that interval. And it exists on all kinds of levels. It isn't simply that there is, for example, a sound that is sounded is a vibration and the sound goes on and off. The, every, everything that we call sound is sound silence. There is no such thing as pure sound. You couldn't hear it. What you hear is that tap, 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 tap against the eardrum. But it happens very fast so that you get more of an impression of sound than you do of silence. But between every little undulation of sound, there is also an interval. When you listen to music, you hear a melody. But what you hear, actually, that makes the melody significant are the steps between the tones, what we call the intervals. And a person who doesn't hear intervals is tone deaf. He only hears noises. He doesn't hear the steps. So that interval between whatever happens is as important as what happens. So we'll call these two things, the sound and the silence, the life and the death, somewhat analogous in weaving to the warp and the woof. Now, Look at the marvelous way in which warp and woof go together. A piece of cloth is an extraordinary thing when you consider it's made of a line of string. There's something uh, that always struck me as a child, that string, just thread, could turn into cloth. Why should it hang together? How improbable. My mother, was a very great artist in embroidery, did absolutely fabulous work. And uh, she could do everything with thread, sewing, knitting, embroidery, make tapestries, repair tapestries, oh, just fabulous work. So I, I've grown up in a background where thread is of enormous importance. She made her living this way. So I was always amazed at the way, say, you take a ball of wool and with knitting needles and suddenly it turns into a sweater. Fantastic. But I found out, you see, the secret of this, which is that it will do this, it will hold together by this combination of warp and woof, by this process where one thread goes under the other, omits the next, goes under the other, and then the next thing does the same thing but in the opposite way. And they hold each other up. For example, you can put two sticks of wood and lean them against each other and they'll stand up. You know the Chinese character for man looks more or less like that.
There's a story that Japanese children uh, sometimes learn from their mothers. That this, the reason this is the character for man is that two sticks <coughs> lent together, as I described, will keep each other up, and the one depends on the other. It's mutual. And so in the same way, the existence of human beings depends on our supporting each other. Without that, no one of us can exist. And so, once you, you spot that, you spot how everything goes with the thing, that you are one end and that out there is the other end, and they really go together, then you may be said to be living a harmonious life.